long since you saw him last? The day we left? I was six, maybe seven. Well, the devil doesn't skip on the ambiance. Why did we even come here? Because he left you everything such as it is. You have to mean something to him, right? What are you doing here? A visitor. We're, we're, we're visiting. You don't know the tales. What tales? Just another one of Grandpa's scary stories told after too much whiskey. The winter solstice comes, the great hunt has begun. With arrow, sword, and knives, the supreme hunter consumes his lives. Okay, I don't believe it. Any of it. The prey never believes until your skin hangs on his wall, until you witness his might. Welcome back, everybody, to Skip the Lou. I am Lacey Lou, and with me today, I have the amazingly talented Miles Doliak. Did I do it right? You got it. Yes. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered, Lacey. We are still evacuated from the city of New Orleans in the wake of Hurricane Ida, waiting for our power to be restored. But, of course, it could be a lot worse as it was for the river parishes. Uh, so I, I'm not complaining too much. Yeah, that's super hard times. I'm glad that you are safe, though. That's really what's important. Thank you very much. Um, I noticed that your birthday is November 26th. Mine is actually the 22nd. Um, how does it feel to have your birthday be overshadowed by Thanksgiving? <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, it's a reality that I've just had to come to terms with over the years. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's it's not always on Thanksgiving. It, it has fallen on Thanksgiving from time to time. But uh, the way I see it, one of the most important elements of your birthday is that you eat and drink well. And that typically happens on Thanksgiving. So uh, I'm not too bothered by it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like uh, mine falls like every four years or something like that on it. <laughs> yeah. um, the best day is the next day when you get to go shopping. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so how did you get your start into film? Uh, well, I have been acting um, for most of my life. Um, from a very young age, I was involved in community theater in my hometown of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, my high school experience was an incredibly positive one at Hattiesburg High School. We had a very strong drama speech and debate program there, and we traveled to drama festivals and debate tournaments all over the country. Um, which was just so incredibly valuable to me as, as a young kid growing up in the deepest part of the Deep South and getting to see and experience other places and people and perspectives. Um, I attended college at the North Carolina School of the Arts in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, was then and still is a very celebrated drama program at the time led by uh, Dean Gerald Friedman, who has sadly left us, God rest his soul. So. Um, and then after that, I, uh, you know, I dove in to the scene and starting in New York and then Los Angeles, neither uh, very successfully. I, I did some, some off, 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 off Broadway kind of stuff and, and, um, and showed up on some soaps and, and that sort of stuff. But 
but was never terribly successful, not for lack of trying. I moved out to LA. I, I got in an acting studio with, with John Kirby, uh, acting teacher out there, brother of Bruno, uh, but still wasn't having much success. And in fact, I had sort of uh, given it up and started taking classes in the history department at UCLA with an eye toward ultimately uh, going, moving into academia. I had always had an interest in religion and, and ancient history in particular. Um, and, and so going along that track, I wound up in New Orleans, um, which is my favorite place in the world, um, to get a PhD at Tulane University. I arrived there shortly before Hurricane Katrina arrived. A lot, a lot of uh, talking about hurricanes when you're we're in the city of New Orleans. It's a lovely and complicated place to live. But um, anyway, that's coincided with uh, after Katrina and the city recovered this, this big production boom in New Orleans and, and Hollywood invested in Southeast Louisiana. And suddenly there were a lot of opportunities, uh, not only uh, to make independent films, to work on independent films, but, but uh, I, I wound up showing up in some, some big stuff too. Uh, like Breakout Kings, the, the AMC series. I was on HBO's Treme and, and um, it really started making the kind of headway that I was unable to make in New York and Los Angeles. And, and what's more was being inspired by independent filmmakers who had hired me to act in their movies and finally said, you know, I, I could do this. I could be making my own films. Uh, and ultimately I, I wrote a script called The Historian, which was a reflection on my own experience in academia up to that point, the sort of state of academia. Um, and we were able to get that film made and released. We, we, uh, we were fortunate to cast Bill Sadler, William Sadler in the lead, the wonderful John Cullum was in it, and Colin Cunningham and Glennis O'Connor, and a lot of great folks. And that's kind of how it started. It really started as me making films to, to afford myself more opportunities as an actor, which was my first love. And I've just been successful enough, fortunate enough, and, and, and to have a, a support system to, and, and, and investors, you know, who believe in what I'm doing uh, to be able to make uh, six features now. Uh, Demigod is the sixth. So I, I, I really feel very fortunate in that regard. I love that you started, um, you know, in theater drama. That's where a lot of my um, uh, experience came from as well. I did um, the Iowa's High School Speech Association for debate and went to Allstate for improv and things like that. So I love anybody that's, you know, appreciative of that art form as well. <laughs> yeah, I was a big speech and debate kid. I did dramatic interpretation and oratory <laughs> and duo interpretation. Um, and, you know, we traveled uh, all over, you know, the, to, the, the circuit, you know, from Fargo, North Dakota to Boston, Massachusetts, to Boca Raton, Florida, and all parts in between. Um, and it was just, I, I, anytime I, anybody asked me about speech and debate programs and, and high school drama programs, I emphasized that experience, how incredibly valuable, what a huge growth experience it was for me. Um, and, you know, as you know, the arts just don't get enough financial support, especially at that level. But um, it, it, it absolutely was critical in shaping me as not only as an artist, but even more so as a human being. I love that. Um, you said that you started out as an actor. So I kind of want to talk about um, some of the things that you acted on, if that's okay. 
Sure. Um, one of my go-to movies that like I just pop in um, for a good laugh um, that puts me in a good mood is uh, the Vacation reboot. Um, mm-hmm. And you were in that. Can you tell me anything about that experience? Yeah, um, I I show up briefly in that film um, as a man who's uh, having sex with his wife on the on the five corners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, which uh, Ed Helms and Christina Applegate are also trying to do, and then they they stumble onto uh, me and my <laughs> wife and a whole bunch of naked people who are who are up to the same thing. Um, it's a it's a just I mean it's probably the wackiest scene in the movie. So I was really pleased to be a part of it, um, and also to get to work with those two brilliant comedians, talented, talented actors ed and and christina um in such a just a bonkers kind of scene <laughs> it um, really was so yeah so <laughs> it's yeah, probably was, the most unexpected scene of the movie you're right <laughs> yeah so that was a lot of fun i love that now um you were also involved in one of the shows that i think is highly underseen and underrated which was salem mm-hmm. um i think like if more horror fans see this this show it, it, I don't know. I thought it was amazing. What was it like working on that? Yeah, so I, I was I, I had the opportunity to do a couple of uh, episodes of uh, Salem, this character called Captain Braun, who is um, the ship captain uh, for the Lucy Lawless character, uh, who comes and 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 really makes serious waves there in the community. Um, so got to work with Lucy. Um, got to work with Stephen Lang um in a in a bit that was I wound up being cut but but it was a lot of fun getting to work with him um and that set they built um is just is really remarkable up there in north louisiana um it's um i think it's still standing but but they basically built the village of salem um, from scratch from the ground up um for that show and it was when you stepped onto that set, you absolutely felt like you were stepping into another time, another world. Um, So big kudos to the design team, the art department on that show. They did a fantastic job. I love that. Um, And you also were a part of two pretty big prominent shows, uh, American Horror Story and uh, Lovecraft County. Um, Can you talk about any of those experiences? Um, Maybe one of the great highlights of my acting career, maybe the highlight of my acting career was having a scene, a couple scenes with Jessica Lange. Uh, I love that. Who's <laughs> a legend. Um, and what was so impressive about Jessica is, this is a really difficult scene, if you know the scene in Freak Show, uh, where she becomes the victim of these German snuff filmmakers, really emotional scene. Um, and she's doing a lot of screaming and fighting and uh, we shot that scene over the course of an entire evening, and I mean, Jessica just owned the room. She was an um, exemplar of professionalism, and she she was very clear about um, you know what her vision for the scene, and 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 I mean, that's the thing that I've learned about working with some of these, well, a lot of actors over my career, is that the great actors they just know the medium inside and out and um they understand you know where it feels right for the camera to be and they they understand the emotional arc of the scene they 
they understand what logistical marks uh, need to be hit. And Jessica certainly, um, certainly was a shining example of that. Um, it was intimidating. It was intimidating working with somebody like that. And then, you know, the scene is in a, not a language that is not my native tongue, German, which is all, all, a lot of that is also a demigod, of course. But um, <laughs> so, um, but I think it came off and um, it was a, it was, I was very, very lucky to, to be able to work with her. And, uh, you know, Lovecraft, it, 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 it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to play a, a, um, a creepy white supremacist scientist. Um, I had a whole run there where anytime they needed a, you know, racist piece of crap guy um, uh, in one, you know, underground, uh, you know, plantation owner, uh, Lovecraft. I, mean, it, um, I, was, I was getting these roles, which, I mean, you know, playing villains is of course a lot of fun. Um, and you, you really get to go hog wild a lot of times. And, and that character in Lovecraft was an example of that. Um, and of course, uh, Journey Smollett, Smollett is um, such a talented young actor. I, I, speaking of underground, I had worked with her on underground as well. Um, so second time working with her. Um, and just a, what an what a incredible um, creative team you know, lo behind Lovecraft Country, you know, um, uh, Misha Green and, and Jordan Peele and I mean, just some of the bright lights of our industry right now. Um, yeah. So anytime you get on a show like that, which where the vision and the, and the creativity is, is this, this bright, radiant thing, and then you have talent like Journey um, to work off of, it's just an, it's an absolute gift. Yeah, it's so crazy to like see her, um, you know, transition from I grew up watching her like on Full House, <laughs> and well, you know, yeah. so yeah. Um, I, I love seeing like that journey because she's like my age, you know. So um, it's 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 always really cool to see um, child stars succeed. Yeah. Um, now you actually have transitioned yourself from, you know, acting to writing and directing. Um, as you mentioned, you have several features under your name now, like Hollow Ground, Dinner Party, and now Demigod. Um, what is it like? Would you prefer to be behind the camera or in front of or both? Um, I, I, I guess if, if you were to pin me down, I would say um, I got into this. I started directing because I wanted to provide myself more opportunities as an actor. And, and so acting, I think, will always be my first love. I, I didn't intend to direct the historian initially, but a couple of directing prospects fell through. And finally, I was convinced that I should just dive in and, and do it. And that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, so I've grown to really enjoy directing. Mm -hmm. um, and I've grown... Um, are kind of discovered the, the equilibrium required to both direct and act in the same film, which can be a tricky task. Uh, but I have a team of amazing folks who keep me honest and who are there for me and watching the monitor when I'm in front of the camera on a film that I'm directing. Um, but I think at press, it's, it's acting is still my first love. Um, but now, you know, having directed six features and four shorts and a couple of music videos and, and, and before and during that time, a whole bunch of theater, um, I, I've really 
developed a great love for directing and 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 the craft of of you know exploring and trying new things and taking chances and I mean some of the some of the way we shot Demigod the, from the framing to the lenses to the 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 lighting um, uh, was some of the more daring stuff that I've tried as a director and 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 it and just watching that come to fruition and and materialize and and to see the vision that you intended coming together on the screen is is really an empowering thing. So um, my my great hope is that I get get to continue to do both. Um, because I am certainly um, compelled at this point, <laughs> impelled, compelled, thrown against the wall uh, to do both. Yeah. Um, well, you've done a few horror films now. Um, is there something that propels you into this genre? Initially, I, I started doing horror because I thought it was more marketable. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure that 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 is necessarily the case. I, I, and it is something that a lot of people say. Um, but my most successful film today to date is a Southern noir crime thriller called The Hollow. So it, it's um, but um, I'm glad I got into horror because it's such a rich sandbox creatively. There's you, you can explore so many different themes and, and you're not sort of bound necessarily by by the rules of of you know objective reality <laughs> right. um and, and whether that's spirituality and religion or history or politics or uh, or family or whatever it might be um whether there's some social message that you're trying to put across um hard provides your opening. Um, and we've seen that, of course, uh, of late with the, the so-called post-horror genre, right, with um, Get Out and It Comes at Night, Midsummer, and um, all, all these films that, yes, they're horror films, but they're, they go a lot deeper than that as well. Yeah, the social commentary. Yeah, absolutely. So um, um, I really love that about horror. Uh, I, I love that it is a genre that where people come to it expecting one thing and then you can sort of pull the rug out from under them and, and give them something that perhaps they didn't expect while at the same time um, giving them the scares and the chills and the gore maybe and the, the psychological terror, whatever it might be, depending upon what the movie is. Um, so like I said, it's, it's just a big, it's the, the playground is vast in horror and, mm. and the rules are, um, you know, they're meant to be broken. There are, or maybe there are no rules. Maybe that's what's great about it. You can, you know, you create the, the rules of your world, but that world can look like a million different things. Yeah, I think that's what I love about horror as well as you kind of get every genre into it, but you also get to get scared. So yeah, um, it's got the romance. Like, I feel like you care about these characters when they die. <laughs> yeah, I hope you do. If you're doing it right. Yeah. Um, now you've actually worked with, um, Jeremy London a couple of times now. Um, you, he was in, I believe the dinner party and Demigod, right? Yes. What is it like working with him? Mallrats is one of my favorite movies. So I got to ask. Yeah. So, so, all right. Okay. So Jeremy is, um, you know, he's kind of a a, a old school, uh, uh, legend, right? Heartthrob, um, from back (laughs) in the day, um, 
you know, I remember my, my, my wife meeting Jeremy for the first time, Lindsay Ann Williams, who's a great talent in her own right and absolutely an integral part of the, the work we do creatively. And, and that's what she said. She was like, you know, well, mall rats, party of five, holy crap. I, you know, I grew up as this little kid watching this guy, you know, be the, 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 the team dream, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so we, Jeremy and, and I, we, we met and we just kind of hit it off um, and immediately started talking about and trying to find opportunities to work together. Um, I think Jeremy might even have reached out to me. I, it's all a little foggy now, but um, just based on the work that I was doing, and and Jeremy lives in Mississippi now, strangely enough, but, <laughs> and he's happy as a clam doing so. Um, so at first it was like, let's just find the time to get get you something small in one of our films to you know get our feet wet, yeah. and so we got in this cameo role in the dinner party, which I thought he killed. And then we wrote him something a little larger in Demigod. And, and I love his scenes in Demigod. Um, he plays Rachel Nichols' grandfather in these flashback hallucination type sequences. Um, and th the more I saw what he was doing on the day, the more I wanted to shoot him. And I wish I had shot even more of him because I got in the editing room and wound up using a lot more of that stuff than I thought I would for transitions and all kinds of things. Um, and actually I'm, writing a new script right now and writing a, a, a lead role for Jeremy because we awesome. keep talking. Yeah, we keep talking about how we got it. I, I want to work with him. I want to direct him in something really big and, and substantial. So, um, and by the way, his pepper jelly is absolutely fantastic. Pick, <laughs> up. pick up Jeremy London's pepper jelly if you can. It's, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. It's really good stuff. Can you order it? Yeah, you can order it. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to order yeah, it. Yeah, it's I, I mean, he might have a website now. I'm not I'm not 100 percent. But but if you if you it, it's called like Jeremy London's Outlaw Pepper Jelly. <laughs> um, and it's there's there's like a sweet and a hot and he might be branching out into other flavors now. He's quite he's become quite. <laughs> the gardener. Can you hear me? I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, great. Um, I will definitely have to check out his jelly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, please do. Jeremy's jelly. Check it out. <laughs> so um, I want to talk to you about um, Demigod, obviously. Um, when I watch this, um, obviously, we're coming like right into fall now. This feels like the opening sequence of this movie feels like such a great kickoff to the fall season. And like the atmosphere of it, you know, a lot of it takes place, you know, in the forest or the woods. And you had such cool locations in this film. Um, what was it like scouting for those? Uh, this, my last two films have been so incredibly location dependent to the point where if we didn't find the right location, we just couldn't shoot the film. And it, with regard to Dinner Party, it was, we needed this house, this mansion that basically the whole movie took place in and with regard to demigod we needed a forest that could sell as germany's black forest and we needed a cabin um that our hero couple um robin and leo go to at the at the kickoff of the film after the passing of of her grandfather that was like the coolest looking cabin ever <laughs> like, it really was i was like 
where, where do you find this? Like, can I Airbnb yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. So it's, so the location is Little Black Creek uh, here in, in Mississippi, Little Black Creek Campground and Park. And you can, you can Google it and, and the, and the website will come up. And, you know, we, I've shot all my films in Mississippi. I'm originally from Mississippi and I, I believe Mississippi has the best film tax incentive program in the country. And for an independent filmmaker who's scraping every dollar and, and you know, has to be budget conscious at every turn, uh, we've been able to take advantage of that. Uh, Mississippi does a lot of things poorly and has in its history, but its tax incentive program is stellar. And that's a, that's a big th thanks to Ward Emling, the former head of the Mississippi Film Office and Nina Parikh, the current head of the Mississippi Film Office and, and a lot of lobbyists and a lot of good work that has been done to make that incentive a reality. But nevertheless, um, yeah, so we scouted um, all over uh, Mississippi. We looked at a couple of places in North Mississippi, one in Grenada. Um, and then we, uh, we found Little Black Creek. Um, the owner of Little Black Creek, Jordan Nettles, happens to be a cousin of the, of uh, my, one of my father's longtime administrative uh, personnel, office manager in, in his office, and everything just kind of came together. Um, when I saw the location, I knew we, we just had to shoot there. The other advantage that Little Black Creek provided us is it, there are all these cabins there where people stay. So we could sequester our entire cast and crew there, which during COVID was absolutely critical because right. we didn't want people, you know, going to and from set. We wanted to minimize that, uh, that movement as much as possible. Um, so uh, it, it just, it, it really, it really turned out great. And then of, of course the cabin, the exterior of the cabin is, it is what it is, but we, we have an incredible art team, Julie Tosh, our production designer, Dayton Douglas Hall, our art director. We've been working with on several films now and they were really able to take that cabin and just kick it up uh, <laughs> 10, 10 notches in the creep factory, you know, with, with the bones and the, yeah. the, the, the animal heads and all that stuff. And, and, um, and the witch's hut you see in the film uh, they fabricated from scratch and we just found a clearing in the in the woods there on the campground and they built it from nothing um that's awesome so it but you're right i mean it was one of those things where we were we were really sweating that location um because we knew we knew we needed woods with <laughs> you know with various looks uh right and we needed uh, a cabin our hero cabin and we needed a witch's hut that we we kind of had an idea we'd probably have to build it um but we you know we we continued to look for a while and, and to try to think about options but ultimately we did fabricate it and, and julie and her team did a great job but but yeah it this this film was just it was entire was so location dependent and and we uh we got very lucky and, and on a number of fronts not only creatively but logistically with the, the ability to sequester the the cast and crew there at the campground well, I think it turned out really cool looking. So um, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, um, you know, you had some really cool imagery and costumes in this film. Um, you know, uh, between, you know, the chick with the one eye and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the demigod, actually. Um, can you talk about like the application for these? 
So the chick with the one eye is <laughs> Lindsay, my wife, who is also the costume. That is designer. your wife. That is amazing. Yeah. She was so good. <laughs> uh, and Lindsay it just is quite simply one of the most creative people I've ever been around in my entire life. Um, she builds a lot of these costumes from scratch, uh, or she she will find pieces, uh, you know, on Amazon or or online somewhere and put those pieces together and turn it into something that you know you never would have envisioned looking at the the various pieces and parts that she started with um um the the demigod makeup and and some of the masking and and that sort of stuff is that that was sort of, sort of a team effort between uh Lindsay Julie Tosh our production designer again and Ashley Treadaway our makeup department head um and that was really tough. I, I, I had never done a movie that had a, a sort of creature in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was it was and, and finding the right look for the creature, which, you know, we, we wanted to make him um, humanoid, more more sort of anthropomorphic. Right. Um, but but at the same time, we knew he had to have some really creepy uh, features the nails and the, the, the face and, and the eyes and that sort of stuff. Um, and, and then L- Lindsay has, you know, she loves contact lenses. She, one of the first things she said when she read the script was I want my character to have a, 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 a dead eye. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and, and, you know, as, as the actor in me is always thinking, well, that's going to really be a pain, you know, walking around on set and screw with your equilibrium <laughs> and all kinds of, but she was, she was game. And then she, when she spoke with Ashley, our makeup department head, she's like, not only do you need a dead eye, but you need a scar on your cheek. And, <laughs> and then it's like, and my hair needs to be gray. And, and they just built, you know, they just built it. They built it. And, and, and I mean, that's the, great thing about our films and the you know i sometimes i feel like i'm just sort of the conductor i'm just saying i just point to the person and say play and they play and they come up with something extraordinary and that's what's Uh, fun about it though right yeah yeah (laughs) you get to create these worlds and i think it's really cool and the world in demigod was just really fun to watch and see it all transpire like i don't want to give spoilers away because the movie's not out yet um but I do kind of want to talk about uh, the ending a little bit. Um, was that uh, your clear vision um, that you knew that's how it was going to end or um, did it change within filming? Uh, it didn't change within filming, but it did change four or five times in the writing process. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of considerations there. Um, Man, hard to talk about this without spoiling. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, I mean, there were different endings that we envisioned. Uh, some of them went in the 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Some of them were sort of variations um, on, on the theme. Um, but at the end of the day, I felt like this film was a lot about family, lineage, and and breaking out of generational trauma mm-hmm. to some degree. I, I, I see those are sort of like three tent poles of the film. Um, and I thought that um, I thought that the ending in question or the, the ending that we, we settled on 
really illustrated those those things thematically and and of course the way the amalia character played by the wonderful rachel riles and we had two wonderful rachels on this rachel mitchell and <laughs> rachel riles um became so pivotal i mean the more we wrote on this script michael donovan horn and myself um the more central amalia became and you know i thought a lot about you know I thought about Ripley and Newt in Alien, right? And and how Newt sort of gave Ripley this new lease on life and this new hope and that whatever happened to Ripley, if 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 she could help Newt make it out, that she she would there would be some sense of satisfaction, like she had accomplished what she set out to do, or you know. And so um so that played into our thinking a lot as as well, that relationship between Robin and Amalia. And of course, in earlier drafts of the script, there had been uh, Leo and Robin were trying to have a child and that hadn't materialized. And, you know, there was this type of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think you always have to, um, yeah, you, you've just got to be vicious and judicious with, you know, you, there's a lot of stuff you want to put in there. Um, and, and, and it sometimes you, you lose sight of the, of the, of the prize of the goal. And, and, and I say, it's, I don't say this, but, you know, the great screenwriting teachers say it's always better to overestimate rather than underestimate uh, the intelligence of your audience and, and, you know, leave them wanting more, let them fill in the gap. Don't fill in all the gaps. Right. <laughs> um, and we made the decision to do that in this film in a little, in a, little, in a number of respects. Um, and including, we don't know, we don't actually tell the audience exactly what happened between Robin's grandfather and Karanunos. Um, but because I wanted to, and, and there was a version of the script where it is spelled out. Right. Um, but I wanted to give the audience a little bit of latitude to sort of create their own version of the story. So hopefully, hopefully they'll be, be glad that, that it went the way it did. Well, I think a lot of people are definitely going to dig it. Um, it comes out October 15th, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's going to, I think that's a perfect time for it to come out. Uh, horror fans are going to definitely be gravitating towards it. I mean, who doesn't want to watch a film called Demigod? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. Um, I would like you to recommend me a movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to put you on the spot. <laughs> recommend you a movie so yes. so let me ask let me just qualify am i recommending you something that i'm guessing maybe you haven't seen or something that's close to you that um you you think that i might like i mean i know you don't probably know me that well but okay. or something that you truly love um could be your favorite movie it could be a horror movie it could be a comedy it could be anything um, the movie I th I've, I'm thinking about a lot lately, and I've revisited it fairly recently, and you probably have seen it. I think it's just such an exquisite example of out-of-the-box thinking and brilliant script writing and melancholia and hope and hurt and wonderfully acted and shot and, and just about everything that I could dream the movie would be. And you've probably seen it. A lot of people have. 
is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. I actually haven't seen it, but literally I'm not even kidding you. Two days ago, my boyfriend was like, baby, we need to watch eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Um, he's like, I know you're going to love it. He's like, you need to watch it. Like, I don't remember what it was in reference to. We, I was going to watch it so many times and I just haven't. So um, he will be very happy to know that this was the recommendation. <laughs> he's 100% correct. You need to watch it. <laughs> best, best thing Jim Carrey has committed to film in my yeah. opinion. And, and Kate Winslet, of course, is Kate Winslet. And oh, it, she's amazing. One of, the, one of the best mainstream scripts you'll ever read. Well, I will have to let you know when I check it out. <laughs> Please do. Please I do. will. Um, do you have anything? Uh, you did mention that you were writing a script. Do you have anything else coming out that you'd like to promote? Um, I am I am staying busy. Um, fortunately, as we launch into, I'm not, not fortunately, I should say, but uh, we're off a couple of weeks of school. I teach film at Loyola University in New Orleans and Hurricane Ida has thrown a, a, a wrench in that for the time being. So I've got a, a little bit of time here to think about the release of Demigod and working on producing uh, a film in the fall in October, November here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, and another at the uh, turn of the next year, um, another horror film. Um, and then the film that I'm talking about that I'm writing, which is sort of a, a maybe the reason I'm thinking about Eternal Sunshine is it's a little bit more of a relationship sort of a character, romantic character, drama, comedy with a slight musical element to it. So it's got that wacky edge that Eternal Sunshine has. So, so hopefully we'll be shooting that at some point with Jeremy um, and, and our team next year. But, but right now, I just, I just want to say to folks, please check out Demigod. It comes out uh, October 15th, being released by Gravitas Ventures. Um, and it, it will be available in select theaters and on demand. Um, please follow me at miles underscore Joliac, C-O-L-E-A-C on Instagram. I'm always posting about the film and at Gravitas, G-R-A-V-I-T-A-S Ventures. Uh, also on Instagram, they'll be, they'll be blasting out stuff about the film. Um, and support independent film in general. Just support independent film. I've got five other features out there. You mentioned a couple of them, Dinner Party, Hallowed Ground, Demons, the Hollow and the Historian, all available on the usual suspects. Um, we need more independent voices. We need we need people working outside the system, um, who are who are not afraid to dive in with both feet and and be fearless and say what maybe sometimes uh, doesn't get said within the system. So right, uh, support like, indie films. I feel like independent films saved movies for 2020 for me you know um it was like all we were getting and i'm so appreciative and forever grateful to the filmmakers that you know are out there wanting to create these stories um for audiences like myself and uh, my listeners so thank you um i really um do want people to check out demigod i think it's a lot of fun um some really cool gore scenes in it too <laughs> um yeah um so there is that for you gore hounds out there um you answered my question already of uh where people can find you so um I really hope you do come back and talk with me sometime especially um when your latest feature comes out I absolutely will it's really been a pleasure Lacey I appreciate it <laughs> thank you so much Miles I hope you have a great rest of your day you too thanks bye-bye